My name's Chris. I am the Lifeline Director over at the East Paris campus. Uh, and hi, we're glad you're here at Lifeline tonight. I hope you're having a good day. And I've got a question for you guys to start things off tonight. Here's the question. How many of you are Marvel fans? And I'm sure there is a roar amongst the crowd right now. I think we've asked this question here before. And sure, there's probably Marvel fans everywhere, especially at your age group. Well, I wanna say, I consider myself to be somewhat of a Marvel fan. So much of a fan that back in the day, I would go and see every movie as soon as it came out. I would buy my ticket early, I would show up at the movie theater early, and I would show up with card games and snacks and all these things with my friends so that when we were there for three to four hours, we could have fun. And I went to like Iron Man, Avengers, Endgame, all of these things, and my excitement just kept going higher and higher and higher, and as it grew, I feel like recently it stopped. As soon as Avengers Endgame came out, I kinda didn't keep leaning into things. I didn't rush to the computer to see the trailers anymore and evaluate them really fast. I wasn't excited about all these things that are happening in the MCU right now. I haven't seen Black Widow or Shang-Chi yet, and that's where I'm at. And if you haven't heard, this new Spider-Man trailer came out and it's supposed to be the biggest thing ever and it's supposed to be crazy. But when I heard it came out, I just kind of said, oh, that, that's nice, that's quaint. It actually took other Lifeline staff getting me into our office, opening my computer and us pulling it up and watching it together for me to get even a little bit excited about it. And don't get me wrong, I think the movie's gonna be great. The trailer is awesome, but still, my once excitement of showing up the movie theater early and buying tickets early so I could get the perfect seat early, that excitement and wonder kind of seems to be gone a little bit. I'm just a little bored of it now. I know the good guys are gonna fight the bad guys and the good guys are probably gonna win. Sure, there's, it's gonna be hard and, and they might lose a few things, but they're gonna win. Like, that's the story. And I think that as we're talking about this Real Jesus series, We've been hearing about what Jesus is doing, how he's talking to us, what's going on in our story, that maybe, maybe you and I do this with our faith a little bit. Like maybe you go to a Christian school, you grow up in a Christian household, you show up to Lifeline every week and it's fun and stuff, but when it gets to like the Jesus-y teaching portion of the night, you're like, ah, man, I hear that at school, at home, and here, I get it, I know it, I know it really well. Maybe. Your story's not that, but you, you went to a, a DV camp or a snow camp once upon a time or some other Christian camp. Maybe it was Serve GR or something like that. And you had this moment where you experienced Jesus and it was awesome. It was incredible. And you remember it so vividly. And it's like, yes, I believe in Jesus. I want to follow him. But today, I don't know. I'm not as excited as I once was. I'm a little bored. Maybe for you, your story is that you got baptized here at Ada when you were like six or seven, something like that. That is your story. And you've heard that verse, John 3, 16, that God so loved the world that he gave his only son and whoever believes in him, and I believe in him, 
will have eternal life. And that's your story. And you remember that someone told you that you prayed a prayer, you said a thing. I mean, you were there, you got baptized, you remember that. But now that you're 12, 13, 14, you're not really sure if it's real anymore. You're not really sure if, if that same story that you had applies today. Well, today, as we're continuing this real Jesus thing, we're actually not gonna look at a story about Jesus. Sorry for your disappointment if you really were excited to hear about Jesus again. Instead, we're gonna look at a story from the life of Paul and talk about kind of us in the story, the listeners to those who are hearing about Jesus and the things he's doing. So if you have your Bible, open up to Acts 20. If you don't know where that is, it's towards the back of your Bible. And we're gonna hear a story from the life of Paul. Now, Paul's this guy who would travel around. He would teach, like you hear teachings here at Lifeline about Jesus. You would hear these things and he would go from town to town to town and tell people about Jesus' story, what he's about, the power and resurrection of him and let people know. And on this one occasion, as he's teaching, someone's boredom made crazy things happen, which is not usually how boredom goes. Boredom usually causes you to fall asleep on the couch. That's not what's happening in this story. So let's read this together. On the first day of the week, we gathered with the local believers to share in the Lord's Supper. Paul was preaching to them. And since he was leaving the next day, he kept talking until midnight. The upstairs room where we, where we met was lighted with many flickering lamps. So the writer's trying to set up the scene. Paul has been with these people for like a week or so now. He's kind of just stopping through and he's been talking to them. And it's that moment of like you're at camp or you're at a sleepover or something like that. And as you're there, you know, like in the morning, you're gonna go home, you're gonna get on the bus, your mom's gonna come pick you up. And you're trying to fit as much fun into that final moment, into those final hours as possible. So you stay up later and you're having fun and you're goofing off and you're just trying to make it count. And that's what Paul's doing here. He's with these people, he's been with them for a bit, but he's got so much left to say. So he keeps talking and talking and talking until midnight. So imagine if that happened here at Lifeline. You show up at seven o'clock, you play some games with some friends, you go up to the program space, wherever it is at your campus, and Luke comes on screen. And you're like, hey, it's Luke. Luke's talking to us today. And he, he starts talking and, and talking and talking. You're like, yeah, I'm, I'm used to this. He always, you know, he talks to us. And then as he keeps going, you kind of pull out your phone or you look down at your watch and you realize like, yeah, he's, he's going a little long today. Like maybe we're just not doing small group today. Like, I don't know. And he keeps talking and talking. And then you are getting a little bit worried because you're like, it's getting really late to time to go. Like my, my parents are here, but he keeps talking and talking. And you're like, it is nine o'clock, but the small group leaders and the lifeline leaders, they're not letting you leave. And he keeps talking and talking. And you're starting to get a little bit crazy because now it's 10 o'clock and you're like, I got homework. Like I got to go to bed. What are you doing in this scenario? Are you gathering with people around you? Of like, we got to do something about this. We got to break the projector. We got to rush the screen. We got to take over the sound booth. I don't know what it is, but like, he's just talking and talking and it's now 11 o'clock and you're like, I am losing it. Maybe you're not any of those people who are losing it. Maybe you just like gave up halfway through and you're like, I'm just, I'm falling asleep in the back. Sorry. Like you just lay out on your table. I don't know. But now he's talking and talking and it's midnight. What do you do? Do you get crazy? Do you be like, I'm not having it. No more. I'm done. Well, in this story, we find out what happens to one person. 
as he's listening to Paul talk and talk and talk, this is how one young guy reacts to it. And it says this starting in Acts 20 verse nine. It says, as Paul spoke on and on, there's the humor, a young man by, by the name of Eutychus sitting on a windowsill became very drowsy. You know, like some of you guys would do. He was starting to get a little sleepy. And so he finally fell sound asleep. And you're like, ah, oh, man, same. I relate, you know? Uh, and as he was sitting there, fell sound asleep, he dropped three stories to his death below. What story are you reading today, Chris? Like, this is like the, what are, are you trying to tell me that if I fall asleep at church, I'm going to die? Yeah, that's today's lesson. No. That's not what we're talking about today because that would be the weirdest way to teach anything and that would make this story really weird if it was just like Paul was teaching and he taught a guy to death. The end. No, the, the story keeps going and, and I want you to pay attention to this part because this is the part of the story that I think matters most, especially as we're talking about our situation of being a little bit bored. So it says this, it says, immediately Paul went down bent over him, took him up in his arms and said, don't worry, he is alive. Then they all went back upstairs uh, together and Paul continued talking to them until dawn and then he left. Meanwhile, the young man was taken home unhurt and everyone was greatly relieved. Can you imagine that? Like imagine Eutychus in this part of the story. He's just hanging out, came there, probably was a little tired from a day of work or something like that. And so he's like, I need to find a way to get myself to wake up. And so he's like, I'll, I'll go sit by the window. And he goes over there and he's hoping the cool breeze kind of helps him wake up a little bit, but instead it has the opposite effect. And like the lamps are flickering and he's like, I'm a little drowsy. And he just falls back and he's gone. He went from one moment hearing about the power of God and, and how it can heal and how it can care for people and how it's raised people from the dead to dying to then experiencing the power of God. Like that's an incredible moment. Imagine Eutychus after this moment. Like how do you think he lived his life from this point on besides the fact that people probably made fun of him anytime he got near a window and he was also really careful being around windows from this point on. How do you think he lived his life? When people started talking about Jesus again, do you think he was just like, yeah, that's, you know, that's whatever, that's for some people. No, I'm sure that as soon as someone started talking about how Jesus saves, how Jesus has risen from the dead, how he heals people, he probably leaned in and he's like, hey, hey, actually, I've got a story about that. That was me. Like I was a fool who fell from a window and got raised back to life because of the power of God. Like that is an incredible moment. That is an incredible story. I'm sure that he leaned in, he engaged, that his faith was no longer bored. So what about you? What about us when we have these moments and we're hearing about Jesus? Do you lean in or, or do you lean back? Do you uh, engage with the moment or do you continue to be bored? Think about your story. Maybe your story is that you did grow up in a Christian home. You, you go to church and you're hearing all this and you're like, yeah, I, I get that there's this experience that I can have, but he's just not around right now. I remember I, I knew Jesus back at camp or something like that, but, but I'm not feeling him now. I was baptized and I said I believed in this Jesus thing, whatever it is that I know him, but 
today, I'm not even really sure he's around. I'm not even sure he's here with us. And here's the thing, that's, that's my story. I was baptized when I was seven years old and I was told by my parents as I'm trying to remember it that, yeah, I, I said I believed in Jesus. I heard John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish. And I was like, I want that. Jesus is my best friend. Like I'm gonna have him in my heart. It's gonna be great. But then after that moment from when I was seven, there would be days and there still are days where I'm not sure about all of this, where I get bored by some of my faith. I, I wanna show up and I wanna be engaged and I wanna be excited, but then there's some days where I'm just like, where, where are you in all this, God? Like, you're not actively raising me from the dead. I haven't fallen out of a window in a while. Where are you at? That's an important question to ask. Because here's the thing, I think that we all have the potential in our boredom and our faith of falling asleep. And not falling out a window, but falling asleep to what's going on around us. Fall asleep to how God is actively moving. Because I think we think about this whole Jesus moment from the lens of that John 3, 16, that God so loved the world that he sent his son, that was way in the past. That was something that happened a long time ago. That he'll give me eternal life if I believe in him. But that's something that's way far off in the future. And so like, he's either way back before I was here and he's somewhere in the future, but he's not currently around. And so the question I think we do need to ask is this, what is God doing right now? What is Jesus doing right now in your life? Because here's the thing I want you to know, Jesus loves you right now. And he wants you to live an eternal life today. It's not something that happened a long time ago or happened in the future. Sure, maybe your experiences, you do have those memories happen before, but you can still live out of them today because he's moving today. There's so many things that I think he does in our life. And if we don't ask that question, we'll go and miss them. Learning to ask that question actively throughout all of your day is gonna help you stay awake to the fact that he's not some past thing that happened 2000 years ago, and it's not something that I have to wait a long time for, but he's living right now, and he's moving in both small and big moments in your life presently. But I think we'll miss them if we don't ask the question, what is God doing right now? That is a huge step of spiritual maturity to constantly be looking for where he is and what he's doing in your life. And so I encourage you today from all of this real Jesus talk that we've been doing, if he is real, learn to ask, what is he doing right now? Let's pray together. God, I thank you so much for today. I thank you for giving us this opportunity to learn about you. Learn about how you're moving in our story presently, how you love us presently, how you're giving us things right now. You're not this God of old that we're learning about in this ancient text, and you're not this God that's for tomorrow when I live in eternity, whatever that means. You are giving me love and life now. God, I ask that we would see that and engage with that and learn to ask the question, God, what are you doing right now in my life, in my story, and everything that's going around? Show us this. In your name we pray, amen.